Welcome to Style It Out, the podcast that inspires confidence, whatever your style. I'm Kate, style and confidence coach, sharing all my professional secrets with you lovely listeners. Welcome on back to another episode. We are over halfway through this series, which is insane to me. I hope everyone is having a fabulous week, living your best life, dressing in a way that feels awesome and wonderful to you all. I had my jab this week. I had my first COVID vaccination which was very exciting. I had the Pfizer, if anyone's interested. And I just thought the vaccination centre was absolutely sublime, uh, really well managed, really wonderful, lovely, friendly people. Obviously, everything was really well explained to me and just, yeah, thought it was great and, yeah, just really well handled. I'm very proud of the NHS and our system over here. I'm sure, obviously, around the world... Uh, everyone is is doing a fantastic job, I'm sure. Obviously, I I can't comment because I don't live anywhere but England, GB. But yeah, that was very, very happy about that. And, you know, um, never know how political to get on a style podcast. But I do encourage people to go and get the vaccine. I stand by the fact that it's the right thing to do in my mind. Yeah, I, I think it's very important for us to be protecting ourselves and others and putting a stop to this so yeah that's my little piece on it really I guess let's not let's not get too heavy you know we're talking about style we're not talking about substance huh? yeah anyway let's just get on with it shall we so this week we are talking to Rebecca Rowe who is a capsule creator so she's a clothing fashion designer uh, specifically around capsule wardrobe items and she has a beautiful collection I highly recommend going and looking at her wares and goods and making a purchase if you're able to but yeah I had a great chat all about creating a capsule wardrobe the the benefits of that and also a little bit of it, it interest from my part anyway on sort of being a designer and, and working in that industry because that's something quite different to what I do really I do not design I do not have any talent in that area and it was also great to talk about capsules because whilst I have a little bit of knowledge on it and a, a little bit of training in that area it's not my expertise I can sort your wardrobe for you but I can't necessarily uh, create a brilliant capsule wardrobe for you so it's really great to to hear someone more knowledgeable and have an interest in it chatting to them can I form sentences today apparently not so yeah let's just get on with it because who wants to hear me rabbiting on any further so hi Rebecca welcome to the podcast hi thanks for having me thanks for being here would you like to kick us off by just telling us a little bit about yourself yeah, of course. So my name's Rebecca Rowe, and I'm the designer behind Rebecca Rowe. Um, I'm a sustainable fashion designer from Ottawa, which is in Canada. I'm not sure how widely known my, my city is, but it's uh, we're here. And I create everyday apparel for women with an athletic figure. 
from what I know about you, I understand that you sort of are very much centered around like capsule wardrobes. Is that correct? Yeah. So I actually started my brand by creating different capsules based on women's personalities over their body shape. I thought it was really important to understand the way that people feel with their clothes rather than just being told, oh, you look like a pear. And I'm like, that's that's not a thing. <laughs> How does a capsule wardrobe help you or help us with our style? So the thing with the capsule wardrobe, which is pretty cool, actually, it's not about reducing the amount of pieces you own. It's about only having the best of the best in your wardrobe. So it forces you into making less decisions, which means that you'll be less fatigued throughout the day. And everything in your wardrobe is straight fire because it is intentionally chosen to be there. So you have so many more options in the way of getting creative with your wardrobe because you're not overwhelmed with choice. Right. Okay. Yeah. That that definitely sounds like something that's really useful because I think, especially for me, I can get so overwhelmed by choices. Like even if I'm going shopping or like, I mean, I use primarily Depop, which I think is sort of the equivalent to you guys having Poshmark. I think that's the one you have. Yeah. Or yeah, there's a few of those like that. Yeah. But yeah, like on that, I can be scrolling and just being like, oh, there's just too much choice, especially we want to take that stress away when it comes to actually dressing ourselves each day and dealing with our own wardrobes. Well, exactly. Right. It's just if you go to a really fancy restaurant, you'll notice that the menu is usually only one page long and Mm. you'll see the same ingredients pop up a bunch of times. Where if you go to sort of like a fast food chain or something, they have so many options and everything's kind of meh. You know what I mean? (laughs) Same idea with your wardrobe was like you want everything in there just to be absolutely flawless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You don't want it just being taken up by items that are just so, so, but you think you should have them in there. You just want sort of like minimal best of the best. Well, it's funny that you say that because I actually say that the word should belongs nowhere near your wardrobe. Ah. It's just got such a negative emotion to it. Like I should fit into this or I should wear this more often. And how do you feel when you say that? You're being hard on yourself. Where if you say I want to wear that or I love this, it's it's just even saying it out loud puts a smile on your face. Yeah, I've never thought about it like that before. The the um, power of the language we use is amazing. It's sort of something you don't ever consider, but it's like, because I do confidence coaching as well, it's sort of like really reframing the way you're thinking and the, the types of language you're using about yourself is so like empowering. Yeah, exactly. And that's perfect. It works straight with your uh, confidence coaching. So what are your top items to have in a capsule wardrobe? So I actually only have two because I say that you need a layering piece and you need a fancy dress. Now I say you need a fancy dress because there's always an occasion where last minute you get invited to something, you need to dress up and you can never, ever, ever find a fancy dress when you need one. And then when you don't need one, you're like, oh my God, it's beautiful. I need this in my wardrobe. So have one just to have, but the rest of it, everything you determine your own personal must haves. So there's always going to be a few, but they should fit your personality, your vibe, and your body type. After that, just because like, if you're an athletic person, then you'll probably, your must-haves look like athlete clothes or workout clothes. But if you're an artist, maybe that hot pink suit is an absolute must-have in your wardrobe. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think too often we don't sort of think about the, we, we get caught up in our wardrobe's 
wanting to look a certain way but we don't necessarily think about like the practicality of our wardrobes and it's meant to be fitting our lifestyle not just our body so yeah if you're going to the gym every day you're gonna have more gym wear but if you're going to the office every day you're gonna have more work wear exactly you hit the nail on the head (laughs) and how can someone start to build a capsule wardrobe for themselves so what i find with this one is that the 80 20 rule is around in almost everything we do so with our wardrobes it's we wear 80% or 20% of our wardrobe 80% of the time. Sorry, I always get those confused, but it is 20% of your wardrobe 80% of the time, which means that 80% of your wardrobe goes unworn. So the best way to start your capsule wardrobe is to go through your closet and just trim out everything that you don't wear that no longer serves you. So if you have pieces that don't fit anymore because of whatever reason, do you really need those? Are you really going to put the work to get back into them? Probably not. They're just taking up space or clothes that have rips or tears or stains unless you're actually going to work to to get through them or to fix them or to whatever. If they're no longer serving you, they don't really have a place in your wardrobe. And then see what you have left and then fill in the holes. Because once you've gotten rid of everything that no longer serves you, you'll be left and you'll see, oh, I really need a denim jacket. And you'll go out shopping with intention, which also then saves you money because exactly what you were saying, like it'll stop the scroll because you're looking intentionally for one piece. Yeah, but that's something that really revolutionized uh, my shopping habits for me because before sort of becoming a, a style coach, I was very much a shopaholic and addicted to, to shopping, but I would just go out and I'd buy so many just random pieces and then realize they didn't fit within my wardrobe, didn't work with anything. But now, yeah, if I'm going on Depop, I am searching for specific items that I want because I think that is a sort of a missing link in my wardrobe that I want to get in there. Yeah, I I fell victim to the oh my god, it looks so good on you. You need to get this yeah. from all of you like your friends when you go when you shop um or the sales girls and I'm just like now I don't fall victim to it cuz I don't need that piece. It it won't fit into the wardrobe that I have going. Um but yeah, peer pressure, friend pressure, it's a thing. For sure. And then you get that adrenaline hit too when you buy something new, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then you get the buyer's remorse afterwards. (laughs) Exactly. And you're like, wait a second, I'm donating things that still have a price tag on them because I've never actually worn them. And I mean, all of that is your time, right? Because you traded your time for money and then you traded your money for clothing. And so essentially you're looking at your wardrobe that you're giving away saying, hey, that was an hour's worth of my time. Is it worth it? Would I do it again? Yeah, no, that's a really important thing to consider, I think. And it can be quite a powerful feeling to um, shop in that way, to not go into a store and feel like you have to buy everything or feel like you're getting sort of caught up in that moment. It feels quite nice to be making really informed decisions about the items you're buying. Yeah, because if if you take back control, it makes you feel confident. Um, And you know this from your your confidence coaching, I'm sure, is is these little wins that you feel like you're in control, you feel like you're in charge. That's what makes you feel more confident. Absolutely. And it's also sort of that um, thrill of knowing that you've not succumbed to like advertising and marketing. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) The influencer campaigns that say that you need to have everything and you're like, oh, God, oh, no. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, with your own clothing line, how did you decide what items to include in there? So, my first 
collection or my first capsule that I released, I modeled it after a traditional capsule wardrobe. So I had a layering piece, um, a dress, a pair of pants, and a top. And everything was designed to fit with your favorite pair of jeans or that leather jacket that you've had in your wardrobe forever. And as it's grown, I've taken so many cues from my amazing clients who keep saying, hey, I need another dress or I need um, a pair of shorts. It's my latest uh, piece in my collection is I had women who were messaging me saying, I need shorts that go over my booty and fit around my waist. So I took on that, uh, that challenge and it definitely was a challenge, but really it comes from what my clients are asking me for now. Right. I love that. I th- I've seen so many businesses that react to either something that they feel is missing from the market or like you said, like creating something and really listening to that client or customer feedback to really um, sort of revolutionize something. And I think, yeah, you have so much success with that. Well, that's it's so funny that you say that because it really was that when I released those shorts that I was talking about, I have never gotten more messages from women saying, oh my gosh, you created a size guide that is my exact measurements. No in-between sizes, no nothing. These are actually what I am. And it's amazing. It's so liberating to feel that when we're in a society that tells us you're too small, you're too big, you're not this size, you're mid-size, you're straight size, you're all of these different labels, but nothing is actually designed for them. Like we've labeled it, we've just not created the size guide to go with it. Mm-hmm. And creating my own size guide based on this feedback, it has been so inspiring. I love that so much. Yeah, because I think one of the many, many issues with um, fast fashion is that because it's sort of just bulk produced, there's no thought to who's going to actually be wearing it. So when you do end up spending your like hard earned money on it, you're getting things that don't fit you properly and aren't right for your individual body because it's just had this mass production to it. Yeah, exactly. And with so much mass production, it's designed for the least amount of labor. So a lot of it is the fabric itself or is cut in a basically in a box in very straight, easy to sew shapes. And most women are not built like a box. Like most of us have some sort of curve going somewhere. So to create that fit, it takes a lot more work in the actual pattern making process. So making the pieces that then therefore turn into the clothing. Mm, yeah that's really interesting yeah I, I have no um design knowledge or, or any sewing ability so it's really he- interesting to hear you talk about it um, from that perspective <laughs> it's funny because sewing is actually one of the least intensive parts of pattern making or fashion design in general um so of course there's the design where for me I think about my clients a lot where they're going to be wearing this how they're going to be wearing this um who they are are they actually going to take something to the dry cleaner for me, my clients, probably not. They're gonna, even if it says dry clean only, they're gonna throw it in the washing machine. So it's the design process and then the pattern making. And that is where all of the fit usually goes into is creating these puzzle pieces, which are 2D, usually on paper or on a computer, pattern pieces, which then form together at, in the sewing process that makes a 3D object, which is the clothing that you're wearing. So all of the work, all of, most of this labor goes into making of those pieces and getting the fit right and understanding the math that goes into that. And then, of course, the sewing, which is usually 
like I said, a pretty quick part of it. And then packaging and all of that goes into marketing of the product. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting process. And what sort of inspired your designs? So at first it was my friends. Um, I mentioned before that I created capsules based on uh, personality. So I had the artisan, the evolutionary, the athlete, and the drama. And all of these women were real life friends um, that ha- are in my life and that I really thought about their lives and what they needed. And now it is much more, I'm getting a lot of feedback from from my clients and watching their lives and they're, they're who inspires me. Um, it's hard for me to be inspired by architecture or an inanimate object whereas these women and everything they're doing is super inspiring and I'm just trying to make them the clothing that they need to take over the world yeah I love that yeah I think most of my inspiration comes from like um sort of street style and seeing people out and about and what they're wearing um I find that very sort of powerful to me we're still in lockdown, so I haven't seen people outside my house in a while, but <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. Seeing people out on the streets and just living their lives, people watching is so much fun. Yeah. And like how they put clothing together and different patterns that they play with, it's so interesting. And sometimes like, I don't know, have you ever found that you've created a piece and someone's worn it in a way that you sort of would never have imagined? So funny story, actually one of my very first dresses that I ever designed, the model put it on backwards and walked down the runway. <laughs> And I was mortified, but she thought it was the right way around. And I mean, I didn't notice until after when she was coming out and I was like, oh boy. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I've definitely had women take it and run with it their own way. Um, it is way, way cooler to see that because I'm pretty conservative with my own style. Um, so to see women who are much more stylish than me play with the clothing that I've created, it's so much fun. Oh yeah, I can imagine. It must be amazing to do yeah, to see your your work out there and being interpreted in, in any way. Yeah, exactly. It's so cool. Because <laughs> we all see things differently also, right? So Yeah. Oh so that's what makes it beautiful. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's so much fun. And what do you think is the most important fashion tip that we need to know? Ooh, okay. So I thought about this one. I saw it in your in the questions that you sent. And I thought about this so hard. And I was like, you know what? The biggest fashion tip I would say is that if you put something on, trendy or not, and it feels like a costume, you're going to wear it like a costume, which means you're not going to feel like yourself, which means you're not going to be confident. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially with so many trends coming and going now with TikTok and Instagram um, just taking over. Make sure that the clothes that you have in your wardrobe feel like you and you will just radiate confidence. And I feel like you can probably back me up on that one with all your confidence coaching. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I I say quite a lot of the time, um, if you're not feeling comfortable in what you're wearing, you're not going to look confident in it because you're going to sort of be fidgeting or or the way your body language is showing, it's going to show off that you don't feel right in the clothes you wear. So yeah, definitely. Exactly. Exactly. You start like pulling at things and and as soon as you start doing that, and exactly, it's fidgeting. That's what makes you look uncomfortable. Which, And once you feel uncomfortable, you don't have the confidence to make the decisions that you need to be making. Mm, absolutely. And do you have any advice for anyone that would be interested in starting up their own like design company or getting into designing clothes? Yeah, I would say find out who you want to serve. Because fashion design and clothing design is not about you. You can 
serve women who are like you or, or men, whomever um, you're, the audience you're looking to connect with, but it's not about you. So you have to do the research. You have to understand their problems and what they need from you because that's your job. Your job is just there to interpret it, interpret their needs into the clothing that they're choosing to wear. And it's a lot of brain work and it's probably not what you expected to hear, but you really have to understand your audience because if you start designing with no one in mind, no one's going to buy from you. And when it comes down to it, fashion is a business before it's an art, unfortunately to say. If you do want to get into art, I would say, or um, clothing as art, I would say haute couture or costume is much more what you're looking for. Brilliant. Thanks for taking time to chat to me today. Um, Would you like to tell people where they can find you? Of course, it's been my pleasure. And thank you for asking me. Uh, So you can find me on Instagram is usually where I hang out. It's at RebeccaRowe.ca. So R-E-B-E-C-C-A-R-O-W-E. It's like row your boat with an E on the end. And my website is RebeccaRowe.ca as well. You can even find me on TikTok, but like I don't recommend it because it's a lot of me jumping around and dancing, but... (laughs) Amazing. I'll make sure all that information gets put into the show notes so that everyone can go and find you. Yep. Brilliant. Thank you then. Thank you so much, Kate. Enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. And on with our style conundrum. So this week it comes from Ashling, and she says she is a big lover of hats. Aren't we all Ashling? But has no idea what works on her and always feels a little self-conscious when she tries to wear a hat. I feel like that is relatable. I love a good hat. Such a great way to add an extra touch of style to any outfit, really. Um, But I guess I do think they can be a bit more statement than, like, depending on on the style. So I guess not so much with, like, a cap or, yeah, like a baseball cap. But, yeah, some hats, I think, especially like a big floppy hat, can be a more statement item. Um, So I can understand that feeling of feeling more self-conscious. I mean, I don't tend to wear hats a lot. I do also enjoy a hat, but... They're not my go-to item. They are sort of, yeah, I feel like I'm dressing up more when I do wear a hat. So you, you, you've got to have that confidence to rock it and feel comfortable in it. Because as I've said before, if you don't feel comfortable in what you're wearing, that is going to show up on your face. It's going to show up in your body language and your outfit won't look as good because you're not feeling it. So practical help, practical help, practical tips for when it comes to choosing the right sort of hat for you. Uh, a lot of the choice of a hat is going to come down to your body line and your scale. So let's deal with body line first. That's basically, we either have a straight body line or a curved body line. Now don't get it wrong, this is absolutely nothing to do with your weight or your overall shape. It's more sort of down to your skeletal build. And some of us have more angular bodies and some of us have more curved bodies I have a more curved body so I have a very round sort of shaped face and more sloping shoulders and and big old wide hips whereas some people will um, have narrow hips and very straight narrow shoulders and a very angular face so they would be straight and I am curved whatever you identify with from that so be it. And when you're dressing for your body line, it's really coming down to sort of the fabric and style choices. So if we're looking at hats, straight want to go for more stiff and structured fabrics and styles because you want to mirror, everything you wear should be mirroring sort of what is naturally happening on your body. So that's whether that's your colours, you're mirroring your natural colours, your shape, whatever. You, you don't want to be creating that sort of 
conflict between what you're wearing and how your body is. So for curved body line, you're going to have uh, more softer fabrics and more contours going on in your style choices. So if we look at that in examples, a fedora would be much more suitable for someone with a straight body line because it is a much more structured hat and has sort of more of those angles going on in it. Uh, whereas something like a beret could work really lovely for someone with a curved body line because it's a, it's a soft fabric, it's malleable, you can like, you know, move it around on your head more. And yeah, there's there's no real structure to that. And obviously a uh, beret is in a rounded shape. I mean, all, all hats are round, yes, but hopefully you know what I mean. It's very difficult when you can't see me gesturing. <laughs> so that's your lines. Uh, and then moving on to, to scale, that's also something to take into consideration. So we will either be small, medium or large scale. Again, it's not really anything to do with your weight or body shape. It is to do with your sort of bone structure and height. So I, for example, am five foot two and I have tiny little wrists um, and tiny little feet. So I am small scale, but I am, I'm not a slight person by any means. I'm very curvy and, and probably technically bigger than I should be for my height, but you know, don't care. And that's to do with BMI and that's a whole other story. <laughs> we haven't got time for this. Anyway, and then you've got your medium scale. So that's sort of going to be someone between five foot three uh, to five foot eight, uh, maybe a shoe size sort of seven to nine. Um, and then you've got your large scales who are going to be sort of over five foot eight uh, with a bigger shoe size, sort of slightly bigger bone structures. Hopefully you get the idea for that. And again, you want to be mirroring it. So as a small scale person, I want to be choosing things that are smaller looking and more dainty because if I wear anything that's too big and over the top, it's going to swamp and overwhelm me. Whereas if I were larger scale and I was wearing tiny little details, it just wouldn't match my physique as well. And it would look out of place. Whereas if I, so if you're large scale and you wear a big hat is going to work on you. If you're small and you wear a massive hat, it might not work so well. So yeah, you want to go for a hat that is in line with your scale so it's in balance. So small scale can go for very smaller hats or um, like a little fascinator, something like that for a more formal event. Obviously, you're probably not going to rock a fascinator every day. You might, if you do, love it. Um, or yeah, or just some sort of hair accessories rather than the hat, perhaps. Uh, mediums can go for, for bigger hats. Just make sure the brim is never wider than your shoulders. And then, yeah, large ones, just go for it. Rock that massive hat. Obviously, it also comes down to your preference. If you are tiny but you love wearing big hats, then go for it. I definitely wear hats far bigger than I should because I just like it. These rules are there so that you can have an awareness of them and what will hopefully work for you, but you don't have to stick to them. Rules are meant to be broken. I break them all the time and I'm living my best life. And then again, just be aware of things like colors and patterns. As I've said before, anything light, bright, big patterns are gonna draw attention. So if you've got a very like bright or lighter hat on compared to a darker outfit, Obviously, the attention is going to be drawn towards your face, which is great. But if you are feeling slightly self-conscious about wearing a hat and you're sort of just dipping your toe into the water of hats and trying it out, maybe you want to go for something darker and then maybe a lighter outfit so there's more focus on your overall clothing rather than the hat. It's just something to bear in mind. So I hope that helps. 
Okay, and on to tip, thought, or challenge of the week. This week, I'm setting you a challenge, and I'm challenging you, oh, it's a juicy one, I'm challenging you not to buy something. Try not to buy anything new for your wardrobe, necessarily. So, do you really need to be adding more to your wardrobe? It's a chance to sort of review that and, and think if you're sort of constantly buying stuff just because you want it, but you don't necessarily need it, or you feel like you need it because you're not sure what's going on in your own wardrobe, but can you work more with your existing wardrobe and your existing style? What can you play with? What can you take away from today's conversation with Rebecca about a little capsule wardrobe? We don't always need to be adding more and more and more and more that's not going to make us happy. That's what I've got for you this week. I hope you enjoy the challenge and do let me know how you get on with it. Thanks again to Rebecca for joining me and all of her information will be in the show notes so you can go and check her out. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. I will be picking my favourite review each week and the reviewer of the week will win a copy of my ebook, Style Yourself Confident. And follow us over on Instagram. We're at Style It Out Podcast. I'd love to hear from you, whether that's you letting me know how you got on with the challenge or asking me a question. If you do have a style question or a conundrum, then drop me a DM over there or an email. And all of that information is also available in the show notes. Until we meet again. The Style Out podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used to make any decisions. The advice shared on Style Out is general in nature and does not take into account for your individual circumstances. Style Out is brought to you by Confident Stylings with music by Ben Cooper. <laughs>